Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sustainalytics Podcast. My name is Sophie Burris, and I'm a senior associate in the ESG Ratings team. We've recently launched our next generation ESG research and ratings, the ESG Risk Ratings. They were designed to help investors identify financially material ESG risks within portfolio companies and understand how those material risks could affect long-term investment performance. We're also publishing a series of white papers on the rating, the second of which has just come out. In that paper, we take a deep dive into the internet software and services sub-industry. In today's episode, we'll be chatting about those issues. I'm joined today by Moeen Syed, a research associate in the technology, media, and telecommunications sector. Welcome, Moeen. So we'll just get started discussing this the sub-industry in a bit more in depth. Can you give us the lay of the land? What business models are we talking about? What companies are involved in the sub-industry? Thanks for having me, Sophie. Uh, Sure. The internet software and services industry uh, generally comprises of companies that are providing software applications and various online related services. Uh, These include cloud computing, online shopping and e-commerce, search engines, as well as online video platforms. Awesome. So so thanks for that context. So how did we go about identifying ESG risk for this sub-industry? Yeah, we, we used a fairly comprehensive process and the lens we looked through was basically looking at what factors were putting enterprise value at risk for companies in this sub-industry. Uh, We utilized a variety of external and internal sources to help us aggregate some of those those issues. So we used uh, SASB guidance. We looked at reporting, company reporting their own materiality frameworks that they have conducted over the last few years. Then we also looked internally the data we've been collecting over the last 10 years as part of uh, of our rating, as well as our incidence data and aggregate these uh, sources helped us identify the material ESG issues for this sector. And that was the that was the starting point. That sounds really comprehensive. So what issues are we talking about here for the sub-industry? For internet software and services, uh, the issues we identified using the data we had were business ethics, data privacy, human capital, product governance, carbon, um, as well as corporate governance, which is one of the foundational pillars of our of our ESG risk rating. Right. Those issues can be can be really broad. So I'm wondering if we can delve into maybe human capital. I know it, it encompasses a lot of different elements. Can you contextualize it for me? Yeah, happy to. The interesting thing about internet software and services uh, companies is that a lot of the value they offer is intangible. It's either IP, the data that they hold, and some of the innovative solutions that they can come up for clients and users. And human capital is a key piece of that, the ability to um, attract and retain talent that has the technical expertise, especially in emerging areas such as artificial intelligence, um, as well as cybersecurity management. So that's where one uh, dimension of the sort of the risk aspect comes from. The other one is around making sure that the workplace is in an inclusive environment so they're able to retain the strong talent that they have globally uh, and offer services that are attractive to audiences and users across the world. So this means you know, having a locally relevant workforce that can uh, deliver on global, global projects. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard recently in the news that Google's facing some significant scrutiny around this area when the information around how it handled previous 
issues around uh, workplace harassment. And there was a Google walkout uh, recently where thousands of employees around global offices staged a walkout to sort of showcase their uh, discontent with how the companies handled it. Uh, and then the company did respond and they have announced new, newer policies so they can improve the inclusive nature of their workplace. But again, it's something that only time will tell if, uh, if the policies will be effective or not. Yeah, it's so powerful and interesting to see workers leverage their collective power and show how human capital risk can materialize, even for a company like Google, which is commonly thought of as a leader for, for employing people, yep. um, shows that there's a lot more room to grow. So if we move, Definitely. if we move on to data privacy, this is also an issue that we've seen take center stage over the last few years. Can you explain the context of how this has shifted? Yeah, for a long time, the narrative around collecting data was generally the upside associated with it. Companies have developed really sophisticated ways of being able to monetize the data they collect uh, online from their users and just generally the internet overall. However, recent events have definitely put a spotlight onto the downsides associated with this uh, with this sort of business model. And that generally stems from the privacy side of things and a data security side of things as well. So when we're looking at privacy, users are increasingly more aware of how their data is being used uh, online. And they there is an expectation from the user that when they do surrender their data online, whether it's to use a service or, or access their account, that companies will be responsible in the way they utilize that data and that in the case that the data might be monetized, that the user is you know, aware that the data can be you know, used for advertising purposes or sold to other third parties. The, the key event that took place this year with the Facebook, uh, Facebook Cambridge Analytica controversy is one that, you know, has completely changed the dimension around, around this issue. And with the European Union's global data protection regulation enforced since May 2018, it has changed sort of the business implications around it as well. So under the global data protection regulation or GDPR, Companies can be fined up to 4% of global turnover if they are found to be negligent in privacy management and data security management. So this is a quite a, uh, quite a shift from previously where perhaps even in a case of a breach, the implications for a company were not quite as severe in, in, in financial terms, but Europe has definitely changed the game. Yeah, and, and we can see this also coming up. Users are, are more aware of how their data is being sold and monetized, and I think that's really having a big impact on brands, which, which we've seen affect Facebook, which you mentioned. So if we were to take a bit of a broader lens, you know, where would we find companies that were really excelling with respect to these issues? Great question, uh, Sophie. Generally, uh, what we found was that, you know, no... Companies don't necessarily stand out in this sector in terms of managing a lot of the issues that we identified. And this, that's just a function of the, of the sort of the maturity of ESG within ESG considerations within this sub-industry, but also the fact that some of these risks are increasingly complex and the companies haven't built the management systems that will effectively manage them uh, for the long term. However, one area that we did find some good management examples was carbon. And in this particular area, companies excel primarily because they've taken the mantle of being leaders in sourcing renewable energy for, for their vast data center infrastructure. 
And this is driven by a, by a few factors. First of all, is the operational cost of managing data centers. They can get pretty onerous and companies have realized that renewable energy sourcing helps limit the sort of the, uh, the fluctuations that come with sort of energy prices. And so that's the, that's the first angle. The second angle is how they're looking at the future. Uh, a lot of these companies are increasingly in making heavy investments in things like artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, all of which involves a significant processing of data, storing of data. Uh, so when it comes to st storing all this data, companies have to scale up with their data center infrastructure. And over time, with pegabytes of data that's going to be accumulated on almost a daily basis, uh, companies are making sure that their infrastructure can stand up and make sure that there are no... Uh, operational disruptions when it comes to processing that data. So renewable energy offers a a fairly robust way of making sure that their infrastructure remains stable. And if you take a look at some of the statistics around the world's largest renewable energy buyers, you'll find names like Alphabet, which is Google's parent company, and Facebook among them as the leaders. And they've really taken uh, taken this to a, a new level when it comes to corporate renewable energy purchasing and have really made the market much more uh, much more economical for the rest of the world, especially. Yeah, that, that's fascinating to hear more about the physical aspect of the internet, which is not really what we talk about when we think about these companies. Um, but, but it's definitely expanding, perhaps exponentially over the coming years. But that leads me into my next question, which is really about what trends do you see emerging for this industry over the next, say, five years? Yeah. Speaking of some of the pegabytes of data that I talked about earlier, one area that's becoming quite interesting is how these companies are increasingly viewed in the marketplace. Uh, when when we think of you know uh, Google is almost a verb and that's by design. Google is extremely dominant when it comes to online search and mobile operating systems. Uh, it has established itself almost as a the door to the internet. And while that's all really good for Google as a company and it's able to generate you know significant growth year over year and profits, uh, it has also become an increasingly dominant player that uh, is raising concerns around how it. Uh, sort of perhaps suppresses competition and market dynamism. And one region that's really taken on uh, a more aggressive approach to regulating this sort of market dominance is the in, is in Europe. Uh, over the last two years, the European Union has handed down historic fines uh, to Google's uh, parent company Alphabet over how how it suppresses competition, uh, especially around agreements for online advertising agreements for mobile for its mobile operating system android so what we're seeing here is that a, a sort of a complete shift of how internet and software companies are viewed publicly you know previously they were seen as this you know free free service that was making our lives easier and they have done that but certain regulators are looking at them from a lens of are even though they're you know making our lives easier are they impacting the dynamism of the market and this is coming from a antitrust lens so if you go back back in history companies like standard oil were broken up primarily because of concerns around the amount of market power they had accumulated just through low prices and you know possibly suppressing their competitors and a similar lens is being applied uh, to the digital front nowadays and companies like Google, 
are are increasingly at the center of the scrutiny. Uh, and so this is going to be an issue that we're tracking right now uh, closely uh, and something we're seeing how regulators, regulators might respond in North America to this issue. Uh, so far, regulators have in North America have generally uh, talked about it as a, as a problem, but no significant action has materialized, unlike in Europe, where the European Commission has fined a company like a company like Google billions of dollars. And uh, it's only time will tell, like if the issue will escalate or if it's just a, you know, a short term trend that we're seeing. But I expect that as regulators become more aware of the power that companies like Google hold in the online space, there is a likelihood that perhaps regulation could come into the picture in North America. But uh, that that remains to be seen. Yeah, I think it's becoming pretty undeniable the amount of power that these companies are building. You can see it in their market share and and just the revenues that they have. Well, thank you so much for this conversation, Moeen, and sharing your insights. They were really great to hear. Thanks to everybody for listening. And if you want to read the white paper that delves even more into these topics, please contact us. 